Amen. You can take your seats. Uh, great to see you all here this morning. I know we've got some folks who are watching online as well. So good morning to you. I hope you're staying nice and warm uh, wherever you're watching from this morning. And for those of you who braved the elements to come out here in person, well done. It's uh, chilly out there for sure, but here you are. So I'm going to show you a picture here in just a second, and this picture will um, elicit different responses from different people, depending on your experience of this place. So here is the picture I want you to see, right there, the magic kingdom. Now, some of you, your hearts just fluttered a little, didn't they? Because all the wonderful, happy memories came flooding back of maybe the time when you went there as a kid and were just in wonder of what a great place this was. Maybe you've taken your kids there now and you've got to experience it through their lives. You've brought your daughter dressed as a princess and they've met the characters and it's just this, this beautiful, beautiful place. I can remember uh, getting to go a couple of times as a child growing up and it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I remember going back for the very first time as an adult with my own children, and uh, I stepped onto Main Street, that f- familiar view that we all have looking up at the castle, and I remember just in that moment just feeling this warm feeling, thinking, I just, very emotional, I love this place. I'm an adult, and it still is just a wonderful place. Now, the reality is, if you've been to Disney, none of us have ever stood on Main Street when it looks like this. It probably looked more like this when I stood there. Um, But it still was great looking up at the castle and just remembering all those great uh, magic memories come flooding back. But isn't it funny that, that some people look at this image and think, oh, that's great. I know there are probably some of you this morning who are sitting there shaking your head going, uh uh. Nope, not me. When I look at that, I just think of long lines, screaming children. It was a miserable experience when I was there. It was hot. People were angry. They were pushing. They were shoving. It wasn't the happiest place on earth. I'll tell you that. Uh, the last time we went, my wife and I, we actually went with a group of adults. We were, uh, went there one, one day, and uh, uh, the park was so busy. And at one point, some lady with a stroller ran over the back of my wife's foot. And uh, for weeks, months afterwards, she had problems with that. And so f- for Casey, not the happiest place on earth. Now, I was thinking about Disney World and I was thinking about the people who arrive every day and walk up to the front gates and I bet their expectation of what they're about to experience is affected by the reason that they're there. So some are tourists, they're excited to be there, but some are employees. And of the employees, some of them may be looking forward to a wonderful day of interaction with the uh, guests in the park, but others, maybe not so. If I went online this week and uh, looked up um, what is the least popular place, the worst job at the Magic Kingdom. And I discovered that a bunch of Disney workers were polled and asked that very question. And it turns out that the worst job at Magic Kingdom is this one. Working right there in food services. One of the employees said, hands down, food and beverage is the worst. They said, imagine working at McDonald's, but all day is rush hour. An actual rush hour is hell. During my first week of training, a guest threw a bowl of hot mac and cheese in my face. I think hangry guests are probably the worst guests to encounter. 
The good news is apparently that person who threw the mac and cheese was escorted out of the park for her behavior, even though she protested and tried to explain that it's because someone had run over her foot with a stroller. Um, (laughs) But they still kicked her out that day. They said, no, ma'am, out you go. (laughs) We're starting a brand new series here in 2022, and we're looking at the church. And the reason I talked about Disney World there is because much like Disney World, your approach to the church may be influenced by many different things. Maybe you grew up going to church and that affects your perception, your understanding of what church is. Maybe you're here this morning, you're brand new. This is, this is new to you. So you have a very different understanding of church altogether. The reality is that as many of us are in the room and watching online this morning, there's probably that many perspectives of what church actually is. So I thought it would be good to kick off 2022 by asking the question, what is the church? Looking at the church and saying, you know, what, what do we believe here at Connect is the church? We've got all sorts of ideas and all sorts of understandings. So over the coming weeks, we're going to ask some really important questions. Some of those questions will be, what is the church? Why do we gather and meet like this? Why do we listen to sermons? Some of you are asking that right now. How do we relate to one another as a church, being such a diversely different group of people from different backgrounds? How do we connect with one another? What is our role as a church here in this community? What's the purpose of the church? Those are some of the questions we'll be looking at in the weeks to come. So I hope you'll join us on that journey as we kind of break down what we here at Connect believe is God's plan for the church. But this morning, we're going to start right at the beginning, and we're going to try and answer the question together, what is the church? What is the church? As a child, you may have learned that this is the church and this is the steeple. I find it rather ironic that I am now today the pastor of a church because as a child, when I did this, when I opened the doors, there were never any people. (laughs) I couldn't figure out why. (laughs) But the reality is, the church we're gonna discover this morning is more than the building and more than the steeple. When we open the doors, the church is the people. See, I figured it out. It took me a while, but I found a YouTube video and now I know how to do it, so. (laughs) You see, the church is so much more than just this building that we're sat in this morning. In fact, when we read the Bible, when we read the New Testament especially, uh, we need to remember that while we read it, obviously in English, uh, the original language that it was written in was Greek. So anytime we read the words church, that word is a translation of the word that the Greeks used. And the Greeks used a word for church called ecclesia, ecclesia. And if you look at the word ecclesia, what it actually means, break down the the meaning of the word, the word actually means an assembly or called out ones. An assembly or called out ones. That's what the, the Greek word ecclesia means. So the root meaning of the word church isn't a building, The root word of the the words church is a gathering, a group of people. Paul helps us to understand this. A guy by the name of Paul who wrote a large part of the New Testament, he wrote to the church in Rome, and in Romans 16.5, it's just a small phrase he uses, but he says, greet the church that is in their house. 
Greet the church that is in their house. So I hope you understand this morning that there wasn't a house in Rome that when you opened the door and went inside, there was a church. It was a building with a steeple and walls. Obviously, there was no church building inside that house. The church was the gathering of people who met in that house. Because Paul understood that the church wasn't a location, it wasn't a building, it was people gathered together an assembly of people called out ones who were gathered together in the name of Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I will acknowledge that for the sake of semantics, that's gonna be a little tricky over the coming weeks, even today as I'm speaking, because we do tend to talk about the church. And the reality is we are sat in a building right now that we use to gather in as a church to worship God, to learn more about him, to grow in our relationship with him. So it is easy to, to refer to this as the church, but let's just never forget that when, when the church was spoken about originally, in the very beginning, the church was us. It was the people who called upon the name of Jesus, who followed him. The church was the people, and the church still is the people. Because language can have very subtle effects on our understanding of what the church is. That's why it's important to think through this together this morning. Like, for example, let's say this morning that you said, hey, I'm driving to church. Now, that would be a very sensible thing to say because on a day like today, there is no other way that you're gonna come to church. No one's walking or riding their bike today, okay? If you drove, you were very smart. You went out, you started the car first, you turned the heated seats on and you drove to church. But the reality is, when you said that, when you said, I'm driving to church, subtly in your mind, you created this idea that I'm driving to a place that's church. I'll spend about an hour there, maybe a little bit longer, and then I will leave church and go about the rest of my week. The danger there is that in our thinking, church is a location that we go to for an hour on a Sunday and then plays no role in our lives for the rest of the week. That's not the way the Bible talks about church. It's more than just a building that we drive to. Maybe you've said, I enjoyed church. I hope you said that. I hope you say that today. But the danger in that thinking when you say something like, I enjoyed church, is that church is, is more than just a building, but it's, it's an experience. It's something I go and I experience it and then I leave and it's something that happens there. And the, the danger is that maybe there are some weeks where you don't enjoy it. Maybe there are enough weeks where you don't enjoy it and you decide to go and find another church. And you leave a three-star Yelp review of the one you've just left and you move on to the next one. And church is so much more than just an experience to be enjoyed or not enjoyed. How about this, this phrase, I'm joining a church. Again, perfectly normal thing to say and, and people have said, you know, I'm, I'm joining a church. But the danger is it can make church sound a little bit like a, a country club or a, uh, an exclusive group. The danger then when we think of church like that is it creates this environment, this exclusive environment where it exists just for the people that are a part of that organization. So much so, maybe this has happened to you before, where you've walked into a church and, and everyone just seems to know each other and everyone seems to be connecting and, and you just feel kind of out of place. You actually walk in and feel like, man, I don't know if I actually belong here. There's no worse feeling in the world than that, is there? Than feeling out of place, feeling like you don't belong. 
I can remember experiencing that myself in a situation years ago. I remember it's 2006, and here's how I know it's 2006, because some friends had invited me to this, uh, this gathering, and they said, come along, um, we've been uh, uh, connected to this person who's going to be talking about this wonderful opportunity, this investment opportunity. Uh, this guy's going to tell you how you can um, buy houses and then rent them out and make some money. And right now, it's just a great time to do it because you can borrow the entire money from the bank. It's just going really well right now. People are doing it everywhere. They're buying houses with no money down. They're renting them out. They're making money. And, and as you know, that didn't really go very well because in 2007, the entire economy, the uh, housing market collapsed because so many people were doing just that. But they invited me anyway. And I went along, and they didn't really give me a lot of details. They said this meeting was going to take place at this golf club, and that should have been a bit of a clue for me. So I remember arriving at this golf club, and I uh, hadn't put much thought to the event, so I showed up in a pair of kind of old scruffy jeans with some holes in the knees, just an old sweatshirt. And as I walked in, it became very clear, very quickly, that um, I probably should have asked some more questions about the type of event this was going to be. Because I walk in, and every guy's wearing a suit, or a coat, you know, a nice jacket. The ladies are all in dresses and skirts. And here I am in a sweatshirt and jeans. And instantly I just felt so out of place. I just felt like I didn't belong. I was stood with my friends, Steve and Tori, and I just felt like people were looking on thinking, look at that couple there. The, the cab driver came in with them. I wonder why. He, he could have just dropped them off and left. I wonder why he's standing there hanging out with them. I mean, I just knew I didn't fit in. No worse feeling in the world. And you know, sometimes people here at Connect ask, you know, how do I become a member at Connect? Because different churches have different membership plans. Here at Connect, we don't have a, a membership per se. I always tell people, you know, if you want to uh, be a member here at Connect, then get involved, come on a regular basis, find a place to serve, join a small group. Those are the ways of showing, hey, I'm committed to this church. I'm a, I'm a member here at Connect. Maybe one day in the future, we will have some kind of membership structure. But even if we do, we will fight very hard to make sure that we don't create this, this kind of country club environment where people feel like, man, I'm a member, this is for me, and, and we become inward looking. I want everyone who comes in on a Sunday morning to one of our services to feel like, wow, I, I belong here, I'm welcomed here. They were expecting me to be here this morning. So I know that these are kind of just just words and phrases, but, but sometimes these can affect our perception of what church is. And I want to challenge that a little bit this morning, maybe um, shape your thinking a little bit on this idea of what church is. So, so why don't we look this morning and see what the Bible has to say about church, what church really is. Now, the truth is I could spend weeks going through the Bible and really unpacking this, and um, I, I don't want to do that. I want to really just kind of narrow it down on some, uh, some overview here, kind of the 40,000 feet view looking down. But I will tell you this, the Scriptures, as you read through the Bible, there are all sorts of metaphors and images they use when talking about the church. They refer to the church as the body of Christ, the people of God, the bride of Christ, the temple of the Spirit. And each of these I could spend time really unpacking and talking about, but I'm going to just narrow it down this morning just to a couple of definitions that I hope will help you understand more from a biblical perspective what the church is, and more importantly, where your role is, how you fit in to that understanding of what God's plan was for the church. So the first phrase I want to look at is the universal church. The universal church. Now, you won't find that particular phrase in the Bible, but 
The Bible teaches a lot about this to where we get this understanding that part of God's plan was to create what we now know as the universal church. The universal church consists of everyone everywhere who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone across the globe today who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul was writing to some Jesus followers in a city called Corinth. And Corinth was a very diverse city with peoples from all kinds of walks of life. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, he talks about this idea of the universal church. He says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. In this verse, he's saying that anyone who believes, anyone across the area who believes, they are a part of the body of Christ and they've received the spirit of Christ as evidence. That means that this morning, if you're here and you've made a decision at some point to follow Jesus, you've entered into a group that's made up of millions of people around the world today. In Africa and Asia, South America, Australia, even the tropical shores of England, wherever you look around the globe today, anyone who's made that decision to follow Jesus, they are a part of the universal church. We are a part this morning of that great universal church, that idea of church with a capital C. We are all part of the church of Jesus Christ. And this actually fulfilled a command that Jesus gave to his disciples. Jesus spent three years preaching and teaching and discipling this, this small group of guys who would then take the mission of Jesus on from there. And as he was pouring into their lives, one of the very final things he said to them, it was almost kind of their, their final charge. This is now, now I'm passing the baton on to you. Here is what you need to do. Matthew 28, 19 tells us, he said, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is your final commission. I want you to go and make disciples of all people. Raise up followers of Jesus and, and then as they become followers of Jesus, challenge them to then they go on to make other followers of Jesus and, and make disciples across all nations. And, and eventually as time goes on, there will be this universal church, millions upon millions of people across the globe, across time, who have made that decision to follow Jesus. But his plan was never just to have this huge population of what we call the universal church. It was then to see them become the local church. Jesus' ultimate goal wasn't just to see this universal church believers, but ultimately was to see them broken down into what we now think of as the local church. I think the best way to illustrate this is in the sports analogy. So um, any of you here this morning uh, enjoyed playing football when you were in school maybe? Or maybe you're a parent and your kids play football and uh, you're a fan of the game. So, so imagine um, all the football fans across the world. Well, that doesn't really work because I'm really, really just across America and that's it. So yeah, that, that's, that's not going to work. Let's, let's think of a different sport. Um, baseball, okay? So imagine baseball fans and players across the world. We're really US and Canada, so yeah, that doesn't work. We, we need a sport that, that really works globally. What would be a sport that just is, 
is love throughout soccer. How about, yes, yeah, now there you go. Soccer, a globally loved sport. From the grass fields of Europe to the sandy deserts of Africa, there are kids kicking soccer balls around between whatever they can find to make goalposts and just having a great time. And, and universally, it's a loved game. by people. And, and of course it is. Why, why would we not think so? But you know what makes soccer even better? It's fun kicking the ball around, kicking it against the wall by yourself. But when you get to join a team and play against another team, when you get to be a part of a team, the game goes to another level altogether. All sports. When you're a part of a team, it takes that experience to another level altogether. Jesus' plan was never for us just to be part of the universal church alone. He wants us to be part of the local church. And this was happening very early on. So after Jesus had died and risen again, it wasn't long after that that Paul becomes a follower of Jesus himself and he begins these missionary journeys to plant churches throughout the area. So we're talking probably less than 100 years after the life of Jesus and listen to what Paul, so Paul's writing is this province called Galatia. It's a letter he writes in the New Testament called Galatians and listen to how the letter opens up in Galatians chapter one, verses one and two. He says, this letter is from Paul an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Verse two, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. So he's writing this letter and he's acknowledging the fact that this letter is being written and sent to the churches of Galatia. So what this means is that already in this area known as Galatia, there is, there is a group of believers who make up the universal church, but already have started to form these, these churches, these local gatherings, these local groups of people. He's not talking about buildings. He's talking about people who are meeting together, the churches of Galatia. Already in the New Testament, we start to see these local churches being established. Connect Church is a local church here in Washington. The fact that you arrived this morning, the fact that you're watching this online means you are part of a local church. And we love the fact that God has called us to, to minister to this community. I'm a part of the Washington Ministerial Association. That's a group of pastors from here in Washington who meet once a month. And it's wonderful. I, I've been a part since 2013 when Connect launched. I remember around the time of the tornado, we really got close. The, the groups, the, the guys and girls who make up this group uh, representing all the churches in Washington because we knew that we had a real opportunity to, to show the love and light of Jesus during the tornado and the, the aftermath of that. But then following that, we still meet once a month on a Wednesday morning. We pray together. We pray for one another. We talk about what God's doing in, in our congregations. And for an hour together, we acknowledge the fact that we are all part of the universal church. But then, then we leave and we go back to the Methodist church and to the Baptist church, to St. Pat's and to the other churches in the area because we all have a role to play in our local churches. And I love that God has blessed this community with a variety of different local churches. Because I believe above government agencies, schools, politicians, whatever you can think of, I believe the local church has the greatest potential to impact a community. 
I think it's God's number one plan for the local church to be what transforms a community. And part of that comes out of something I discovered about 10 years ago. Just a little under 10 years ago, Casey and I, we'd been um, feeling that God was leading us to plant Connect Church. She grew up here in Washington. I was um, working at a church. I was on staff at a church in Peoria, but we lived here in Washington. And we were praying. We were talking to the lead pastor of the church in Peoria about what God's plan was for our future. And we just both really felt like God had a plan for us here in Washington that maybe there was an opportunity for us to start a church that would reach people in this community who um, didn't grow up going to church or who have grew up going to church but haven't been at church for a long time, a, a church that could reach families with children. And, and we just really felt God was kind of leading us to plant this church. So we, we actually partnered with an organization. Their name was Stadia, and they help church planters get started and very practical, you know, really helpful organization. But um, before you do anything, you go to what's called an assessment. It's a three-day gathering of other church planters. And the reason they get you together is to kind of assess you and ask you questions and interview you and make you do some tests, all to kind of help make sure that you really are in a good place and are ready to start a church. They said that sometimes, you know, we'll get people here and the reason they want to start a church is because they didn't like the guy at the church they used to work for. They said, well, I'm going to go and start my own church. I'll just do, you know, and that's not a great reason to start a church. So, because it can be very um, hard work, very taxing on your family, that kind of thing. So, so the assessment was to kind of determine uh, whether you were ready to start a church. But before we got into any of it, before we got into the group work, the uh, discussions, the questions and answers before anything, the leader of the organization, a guy by the name of Tom Jones, he was in his 60s, he stood up and for about 10 minutes he spoke to uh, a group of 20 or 30 of us that were, in the room, that were in the room that day. He said, over the next few days we're gonna be talking to you about what it takes to plant a church, but let me remind you what it is that you're about to do. You're about to help birth a local church in the communities that God has led you to. He said, that local church will transform that community. That local church will change the lives of people in your community. He said, in your local church, you will get to pray with families and babies in baby dedication services, praying that God's blessing will be upon their lives, that you wanna partner with them and help their kids as they grow to learn more about how much God loves them and the great plan he has for their lives. We've done that here at Connect Church. There are babies that we prayed for years ago who are now in Connect Kids in first, second, third grade. He says, as a local church, you're gonna stand alongside families in some of their darkest times. You'll be there for people during hurt and pain and sickness and loss. You'll do funerals in this local church. Some of those funerals will be for people who lived long and rich lives. Others will be for funerals of people whose lives were taken far too soon. Last year, you might remember here at Connect, we did three funerals in this room for three teenagers and a father who tragically lost their lives in a car accident. In my experience as a pastor, whether it's a tragic car accident or a life that's been lived a long time, grief is the same across the board. And Tom said, as a local church, you'll walk alongside those families during those times of grief. He said, people will meet in your church. 
There will be young couples, couples who meet in your church, fall in love, and get married in your local church. The very first wedding that we did on this stage in our building was of a young couple who met right here at Connect when we were meeting at the middle school. Met at the middle school, got married right here on this stage. He said people will be baptized. People who have chosen to follow Jesus, their lives will never be the same because they discovered Jesus through your local church. People will grow closer to God, will become better spouses, parents, children, employees as a result of the ministry that takes place in your church. Next month in February, we're gonna start back up our um, next session of Wednesday night gatherings. We did this back in the fall. We're gonna do it again here in February where we're gonna invite you to join us on a Wednesday night. We're gonna have a meal together and then we're gonna offer three different groups that you can break off into and um, different stages of life, different opportunities. You'll hear more about those groups coming up over the coming weeks. But just a great opportunity to get to know one another and to grow in your relationship with God. He says, your local church will impact your community. From the very first day that Connect started as a local church, we've seen it as our mission, not just to be here for those who show up on a Sunday morning, but to impact the community in which we find ourselves. It's for that reason that you're sat here this morning in a building that we call the Connect Center. Because we believe that God was preparing us to have this space called the Connect Center uh, to be used by the community. So in the two short years that we've been in here, our schools have come in and done plays and talent shows. We've had events in this room. We've had businesses meet out there. We've had events going on all throughout the building. And on a Sunday morning, we happen to be a space that people come and worship Jesus. And I love that because it's been the heart of Connect Church to impact our community. I've always felt like if um, the measure of whether we're doing things right or not should be that if Connect Church were to close its doors tomorrow, that the community would experience that loss. Not just the people who come on a Sunday morning, but even people in the community because of the impact we as a local church have been having on the community in which we find ourselves. His talk that day changed the way I view who and what the church is. It reminded me of the potential and the power, the plan that Jesus has to impact this world through the local church. The creator of the universe, the miracle worker Jesus, so many ways he could reach people and his number one plan was to use the local church to impact the world. So throughout this series in the coming weeks, I'm hoping and praying that God will start to change your perspective too of what church is that he will start to change your thinking of church being a place that you go to for an hour on a Sunday to the idea that you are the church. And as you grasp the idea that you are the church, you'll start to, to realize you're part of a global movement, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, of which every part of the body has a purpose. And that as we continue on, you'll realize that through you, people in your life will get to rediscover church. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we are so humbled this morning to know that your plan 
has always been and will continue to be to reach mankind, to reach people in our communities through the local church. The local church, um, we learned this morning, is sometimes known as the bride of Christ. But Jesus, we this morning are your bride, that you look on us lovingly, knowing that we are the plan to reach the world around us. We are the plan to grow closer to you, to learn more about you, that we here are the church. And that being the church is so much more than just a place we drive to or enjoy on a Sunday morning. It's actually every part of who we are. So over the coming weeks, I pray, Lord, that we will rethink the way we look at church. We will rediscover church together, and it will change who we are as we go through 2022. Thank you so much. Amen.